0: I'm Beverly Sartain, and this is the Holistic Coach Legacy Podcast, where you get support in being an impactful and confident coach. In today's episode, we are going to be speaking with Jill Rathburn and talking about the five stages of healing. Jill's created her own framework that provides a system for the healing journey. I can't wait for you to hear these five stages and see how you might share or apply these five stages in the work that you're doing as a coach. Sit back, grab some pen and paper, and enjoy some sort of golden nugget coming through for you today. Thank you, as always, for being here with us. It means so much that you take some time and listen, work on yourself, and become an even better coach. Welcome, Joe. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's so good to be here, Beverly. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are so welcome. I am so excited to have you in particular because we've known each other through different places. Um, and I was so excited to see you this past weekend at the She Covers event. Um, so it was fabulous to spend some time in person with you. And now I'm happy to have you here to talk about the five stages of healing with us?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it was a great conference. Um, I believe that is the largest women's recovery conference in the world, if I'm not mistaken. So we were we were uh, in attendance of something very special. Nice. I didn't know that. So that, that yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, that's Sherecovers, uh, org had their Annual meeting, which happens every other year, but because of the pandemic, had not happened in four years. So that just occurred in Miami now, two weekends ago. So, yeah. So, Beverly and I were both there.
0: Yeah. And I'm so excited to, you
1: know, as a She Recover sister,
0: support you and lift you up. It means a lot to me. Um, We have, you know, other She Recover sisters that come on this podcast and share their gifts and talents. And so I'm very excited uh, that you're here with us to talk about healing, because healing is something that we also talk about through the Holistic Coach Certification Program. We actually have a paradigm or a principle that talks about moving from coping to healing to thriving. And I feel like that falls very in line with the work that you're doing.
1: What do you think? Absolutely. I love that coping to healing to thriving excellent yep. mm-hmm and so I'm curious
0: how you started to get connected to healing and your and your experience
1: sure so uh, it really the story begins that I found myself with an unhealthy relationship to alcohol uh, which really was a surprise uh, really to me and um, because I seemingly was holding it together with a quote unquote normal family life, a quote unquote normal work life, and even was a fitness instructor, running triathlons, etc. And I just didn't, didn't um, accept that this was in progress. Uh, An alcohol use disorder is a progressive disease, and so what what turned you know from my twenties and thirties of just really enjoying alcohol. Um, by the time I was going through menopause, uh, mm. my body could no longer metabolize it properly. And I was uh, also uh, acquiring a tolerance. And so I and really was classically becoming uh, addicted um, or dependent on alcohol, which is alcohol use disorder. And so I needed to uh, really own that and step into recovery. And so the initially, of course, it's all focusing on um, learning how to live without alcohol. And in this society, alcohol is so prevalent and has only grown through the pandemic. Um, so initially, uh, you know, my recovery was focused on coping strategies um, and learning to live without using alcohol for, for um, well, all the reasons people do use alcohol. But then, and this is, this is the answer to the question, is once I turned the corner, once I didn't have any craving or desire to drink, I shifted into a new direction and considered my recovery really a healing journey. Mm-hmm. And that was really the birth of, well, my new life and what has become a, a career passion of mine. So that is, I guess, the long answer (laughs) why healing is that realizing a a dysfunctional relationship to alcohol, then into recovery, and then truly moving forward into seeing it as a healing journey and an opportunity to uh, really continue my life with optimal health. And that's mind, body, Mm -hmm. and spirit, because everything is connected, as you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for sharing yeah. that.
0: Beautiful sharing.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm
0: glad you started to talk about that health piece because I know that you're very um, adamant and focused on that health piece. So, for you, how does the health and the healing relate?
1: Yeah. Well, it, uh, it, it, for me, um, and and I'm going to use me as an example because I, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about. Um, I mean, that is the best example. I don't want to speak for others, but I do find that my journey is very similar. Um, but for me, I, I I found myself quite unhealthy, um, even six months without alcohol. You know, at the age of you know mid fifties. I was I underestimated Beverly mm-hmm. just how sick I was mm-hmm. in every way physically, emotionally, mentally. Like I had brain fog, I was fatigued, I had trouble with my gut, I had trouble with my skin, um, and 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 just to name really the top the top four issues, but there were others. And so I found that conventional medicine was very limiting. And so I started on a really a healing, uh, truly a, a literal healing journey where I physically went and visited numerous healthcare practitioners and really integrated and holistic health practitioners. And I uh, several naturopaths, several functional medical docs, and then mm-hmm. other, uh, other massage and, and specialty trauma experts and so forth. So I, I really dove into the holistic angle and that really is, and I did that for a year straight. I went to India and studied yoga uh, as an example of really getting into um, the mind, body, spirit. Um, and uh, I went through a, a heavy metal detox. I just really, it was like every angle I could possibly look at. Because, you know, once I realized that I wanted to get better, I wanted to get better as soon as possible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's sort of like that when Harry met Sally, when they say, when you figure out who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want to start right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get healthy fast enough. Right. So in other words, everything was about my health. And so as they say, or as I say to my clients, um, in early recovery, everything you do, you're either moving towards recovery or you're moving away from recovery. But once you turn the corner and you're no longer thinking day in and day out about uh, the drink or drug or whatever the issue is, mm-hmm. then the question is, you're either moving towards health or you're moving away from health. And so that was the, that's the barometer of my life now, you know, and and of course. I have, I'm on a routine now, so the decision-making is really minimal because the decisions have all been made ahead of time because mm. I'm on a pathway, and I'll talk about that with the stages of yeah. healing.
0: Yeah, I believe that the routine is one of the stages. So, so what are the five stages of healing for the people that are listening today?
1: Yeah, So, uh, sure. So I'll go ahead and I will uh, name the five stages, and then I'll go back and I'll talk about each one of them. Perfect. Okay, super. So, stage one is stop. Stage two is accept. Three is learn. Four is commit, and five is transform. Mm-hmm. So, we'll start with stage one. Um, so, stage one is, uh, and 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 Beverly, I just want to point out to our audience that I I am speaking from the standpoint of alcohol use disorder or, uh, or, or addictive behavior. But what is more important, um, is that these, these stages are applicable for any disease and especially chronic progressive disease, Mm -hmm. which is something like 95% of disease in our, in our culture today. Um, Said another way, our lifestyle, what we choose to do on a day in and day out basis or choose not to do or choose to eat or our thoughts are radically uh, impacting our health or disease. And so the stages that I'm going through, we we could be talking about cardiovascular disease. We could be talking about type two diabetes um, and so on and so forth. So um, just bear that in mind. If someone says, oh, this doesn't really apply to me, um, I would think again. Mm-hmm. I would think again. So, okay. So stage one is stop. And what, what this stage is about is often a very significant or dramatic incident happens, and it forces us to confront a problem that we, a, a, a health issue. It needs immediate attention. It could be in, in the cases of cardiovascular disease, it could be a heart attack. For type two diabetes, it could be that your lab values are at, 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 and your symptoms are finally too significant to deny that you now um, have, have diabetes um, and something needs to change. Your doctor is literally saying you need to do a timeout here and we need to readjust your life. And then with addiction, it often could be there's might might be an accident, some um, falling down the steps, um, could be a DUI, mm-hmm. it could be a loved one saying, "I can no longer live like this," and potentially an ultimatum is given. Yep. But something is changes radically to cause a person to stop, and that's why it's called stop. Okay, so that is stage one. Um, And uh, the main thing to to really, I'd like to just call out here is uh, is perhaps uh, people listening might be think you know thinking, geez, I am really close to that now, or I've I've had this happen to me a couple times, but I I uh, I ignored it. I ignored that I had this. Stop. Stage confront me. Mm -hmm. So, um, which you know, people with addiction are are famous for doing this. We like to ignore that this has happened, but often something we end up hospitalized or end up like in jail. Something happens. We must stop. So, um, moving on to stage two, accept, and I just love this stage. Mm -hmm. Um, Accept is when we fully understand the gravity of the situation. So we cannot heal what is not fully accepted. So we come to terms with the situation, we accept the reality. Now, this stage, albeit, is difficult. Um, mm-hmm. be, it, it can be full of highs and lows, you know, and and. It may be more lows, you know, we have physical pain, emotional pain, and we're really trying to sort through the new reality. We even start to question, well, is do I really have that much of a problem anyway? I was better off the way I was before. Um, we, we sometimes subconsciously uh, or consciously try to live our old lives again. Um, sadly, only ultimately to repeat the stage one all over. So, um this really is uh, the, the, the most important stage because if, 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 and these are in order, because if, the, if a person does not fully accept the reality and the situation, it is kind of nearly impossible to continue on because we are ultimately looking for transformation, mm-hmm. happiness, like sustainable happiness. That's what we're trying to achieve. Which is very achievable following these stages. Um, so, uh, so that is a little bit um, about accept. And what I think is important to 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 share is that often I, I mentioned that going back and reliving a previous lifestyle, you end up back in stage one, and that there is a re- revolving door often between stage one and two. And then two back to one, and so forth. And in in uh, with substance use disorder or alcohol use disorder or other uh, addictions, we call that relapse, where something trips us up and we end up moving back in into our old patterns. Um, and and there um, there's a lot of learnings in relapse. Um, relapse is neither good or bad. It is painful. Mm-hmm. So that takes us back to step one, and then we proceed again to two. And sometimes that takes five to seven or more times, and that's okay. And that can be the same with any other health ailment. So that is a, a bit about um, acceptance and acceptance, you know, just to, to share that um, from experience and working with my with other clients in my own um, journey. Acceptance is difficult, and it's possible acceptance uh, is a stage that needs to really um, be owned for a long period of time, be processed, that is, for a long period of time, because there is some fear associated with living a different lifestyle um, or some anger or resentment over what is maybe being lost or perceived as being lost. You know, we have an attachment to a certain lifestyle, even if it is destructive. So there's like, oh, that that pain there. Or it could be that there's lack of support at home um, or in your circle, or perhaps lack of motivation to change. So there are reasons, distinct reasons uh, why acceptance takes some bit of time. And working with coaches and counselors and other programs, um, 12 step programs, she recovers.org recovery 2.0, um, recovery Dharma, um, so forth. Uh, all of these programs are, are excellent and working through a lot of recovery and some, and, and the, and the crux is acceptance. So I think, um, I think we can go on, um, but acceptance needed that kind of time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So did you have any questions? Feel free to stop
0: me. I I think that, you know, stages one and two, when I think about the challenges of the journey, I can see that stages one and two are where people have the most challenges. Um, And like you've described it perfectly of how people are going to kind of revolve around these these two stages Um, and some people move through quicker and some people it takes longer Um, and so i just appreciate that as we're talking through these stages uh, i'm picking up that the first two stages there's not there's not a timeline that we're working on Um, it's really going to depend on the person and their process and their experiences and their their intentions of moving through um, so anything else there for you after you hear me say that?
1: Yeah. Um actually it it did um far for I do love that um intention uh is is really key as as you know. And one thing I just want to share too is that um often those of us uh in recovery we have a primary uh issue that brought us into recovery. And then once in recovery, we start uncovering other challenges or just we want to work on other areas that we know could be functioning better for us. And so it's possible, say, to be working on, to, to be, you know, on stage four, say with alcohol use disorder, but we're recognizing that we're, we're now, we now have a sugar dependence.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and we're we're back we're back in acceptance right yeah. <laughs> totally so and that's okay and yes. that's okay so wonderful yeah so yeah so after um really the most pivotal stage in healing which is acceptance we move mm-hmm. on to stage 3 called what i call learn and this is an exciting stage. I love this stage, and I do a lot of teaching in this stage as a holistic health nurse myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, where there is, you know, pain associated with with um, the acceptance. This is where the excitement really takes hold, and authentic change begins, because we we start to dive deeper into learning about um, about our our uh, our health issue and 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 the treatment options out there and there's you can always go deeper so there's what the sort of classic conventional um, medical field w- would say about an XYZ challenge but then there's so much more out there with the holistic health world um, and in in the addiction world that really the holistic health world is really um what offers the greatest uh, support and, and treatment options, if, if I do say so, other than <laughs> um, medication-assisted treatment, undeniably is, is, is under the domain of conventional treatment and highly recommend it. But other than that, um, really it's the holistic health that really will drive this home. And so you go from the mentality in this phase is how can I heal? How can I overcome this challenge and find a new normal? And so there's kind of a shift from I have a problem to I have an opportunity, you know. So it's the beginning of the pain to purpose narrative or the hero's journey, if you will. And so um, this is this is exactly what I did um, and uh, where I started going to all different practitioners, sharing my story and and hearing. Their ideas of how it would be optimal to heal myself, and I went to ones that were uh, known for autoimmune disorder. I went to one that was known for healing gut dysbiosis, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and so on and so forth. So let's see. Um, And there's so there really this this is this can this is a little bit of a lifelong learning thing because this phase phase three and four and five, we kind of permanently live in, in, in sustainable recovery. Yeah. Always learning, always learning, always saying, Hmm, is this something that I should put in my daily routine? So I'm going to move on to the Mm -hmm. next one, which is routine, excuse me, which is commit and it's commit to a routine. So, you know, um, where I mentioned the first place that your, your recovery can get, get tripped up is in acceptance. The second place actually is, is kind of after learn. And that meaning you can go on uh, this you know, journey and speak with people, practitioners and other people in recovery. Some of, the, some of the most knowledgeable people are people that have gone through what you're going through. They become experts with their own health. So those people are wonderful to speak with too, but you can learn all the greatest things, but if you don't put it into practice, it's purely academic and you don't want to be an academic professor of your disease, but, but slowly (laughs) moving along the disease continuum um, in the wrong direction. No, you know, so you want to put it into practice. So the, so Just be careful that you don't become just an academic um, expert about your disease by not putting it into practice, which is what I work with a lot too. Mm. So commit, this is where we, um, recovery is an action game, no question about it. And um, what we do on a day in and day out, out basis is everything, like we could mean to do something, intend to do something, if we don't do it, it, we, we don't get brownie points. We must put it into practice. And ideally, we're doing the same things at about the same time every day. And why we're doing that is because we want our nervous system to know what is coming. We want to just get into the groove. We wake up around the same time. We do this right away. Then we do this. Then we do that. When we eat. Then we, you know, everything is about around the same time every day. And so your you, you, your 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 nervous system will love you for this. <laughs> um, and what we're doing is we, there's a phrase, Donald Hebb, he uh, was a PhD and back in 49 here, like 80 years ago, 70 years ago, coined a phrase that I love and it's called and the phrase is neurons that fire together wire together. Hmm. And so that is we are creating our routine, our new routine and recovery. And we're we're creating habits. Doing this about the same thing every day is creating habits. We eat around the same time, we eat the same kind of food. Um, Those are habits. The body knows what to expect. And when the body knows what to expect, there's not a stress response. So we don't want a stress response. We want our body as much as possible permanently in the parasympathetic nervous system state, which is the healing state. So doing the same things every day around the same time keeps us in the healing state. The nervous system knows what to expect, and all is well. And also, you lose use less energy because you're not every day thinking, "Okay, what do I need to do today?" You're like you know, the whole decision making process is can be uh, depleting. So, if all those decisions are made ahead of time, you're using your energy on other higher level decisions, or when that rare moment happens. That something in your life really jolts you and you are prepared. You have all the energy in the world to handle that. So um, for stage four, I created the vitality tracker. Um I my what my very first client uh specifically said, Well, how do I keep track of all this thing? And I said, (laughs) I will come up with something for you. And I didn't want to call it a to-do list. Because it just sounded like something I would have created for my kids, like do your do your chores here, you know. And um, so I created it, the vitality tracker, because we want to be vital. We we want our energy level high. Um, we want high vitality, and so we choose what brings us that high vitality. And I broke it into mind, body, and spirit in the three categories, and created. A vitality tracker Monday through Sunday, and it is a form of a checklist. But I think of it more as a prompter. And after uh, my clients say after several weeks, months, they it's a routine. They don't need to use it because there it's part of who they are that they do X, Y, Z things during a day um, because it's been in great the habit. You know, after three months, you know, Beverly takes three months for a habit. Um, and, and so uh, I was excited that the Vitality Tracker has worked so well. And that is in the healing guide that uh, we're giving away um, to anyone who would want it. Um, it will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So it's part of, uh, cool. it's in my healing guide.
0: Wonderful. So, yeah, I love that because that's really similar. We talk about the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual levels. And we're always encouraging our holistic coaches to not only share those levels with other people, but to demonstrate them and embody them themselves by working a practice around those levels, which are, you know, in connection with mind, body and spirit too. You know, I think it's really powerful when the practice can help with embodiment. So we're not just like you said, gathering information, learning more information, um, but we're actually taking information, applying it and, embodying it so that it becomes our everyday way
1: of living. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it could be like um, what's common in early recovery are problems with sleep. So it could be early on, you have a whole designated routine that you must adhere to about sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and, you know, which may start, say, you know, say 8.30 or so, and you you, you really um, hunker down and, and take care of that. But say a year goes by and you're just sleeping so amazing, it might be that you could just pull back slightly. You don't need that very, you know, um, disciplined evening routine leading into sleep because your body now, you know, has... has Moved off and um, naturally can can sleep sustainably through the night, and so things shift. And it could be now that you're you really want to focus on um, just uh, maybe uh, grief. Uh, you know, maybe something has happened in your life at that point more currently, and you really want to focus on grief, and so you know, there, and there's, there's a lot out there on that. And so things shift. And we mentioned earlier and got a little chuckle, but the the sugar issue is very real mm-hmm. for women. Yes. Mm-hmm. um I feel like um I deal with much about alcohol as I do sugar anymore. I'm just having to think here. Remember, I tend to work with women who are like six months into their recovery um, there are so many fantastic coaches that work with women uh, turning the corner into recovery and sobriety that at this point in my career I I uh, delegate and and forward those those clients to other people and say when you are ready to focus on your health come back to me. Mm-hmm. So I get women around six months nine months into their recovery one of the most common things they say to me they want to work on is their their eating and they'll come out and say that they they didn't realize how much of a dependence they had on carbs and sweets and mm-hmm. yeah so things things shift in recovery as we grow and that that's the exciting thing so our vitality track will, tracker will adjust according to what it is that we are what is the most important issue facing us at that given moment and things change as we grow
0: wonderful and as far as the last stage
1: oh yeah the last can... stage <laughs> oh yeah okay so the last mm-hmm. stage is funny so the last stage is um is not a destination yes mm-hmm. right yes i um it is uh It is a beautiful state of mind and a feeling, a feeling of freedom, a a feeling that we wake up naturally optimistic about life. Uh, We are finding, uh, we're, we're finding that we're looking at life through childlike eyes again, like a beginner's mind, like, oh, wow, how exciting is this? How exciting is that? you know, just hearing music and having it almost bring you to tears of joy. Those are, uh, symptoms of you being in transformation. So this is, we are, we are always moving towards stage five. It is, there's not like a final, we can put the flag and say, Oh, I'm transformed. Um, because just as we say that life jolts us and gives us a little surprise, mm-hmm. and it throws us off our balance, but we have tools so we can readjust and continue progressing. But transformation is a state of being; it's a feeling of freedom, just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's that's um, and gratitude, perpetual, mm-hmm. sustainable not having to work at it, feeling of gratitude lives here. And that's, that's a beautiful state. So that, that is stage five. Transform.
0: Fantastic.
1: Thank you for taking us through the
0: stages and, oh, yeah. and sharing those with us. How have you been using the stages in your coaching business?
1: Yeah, well, um, I have a, uh, a holistic health course, as well as I work a lot, one-on-one as well. Um, and I always, uh, I, I introduce the stages with people and have, I have a questionnaire and, and have them really think through where are they with their prime, what, what got them initially into recovery and what are they most working on now? And, and so, because it's most important to identify where you are. So if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going, right? Think of almost just like a, a map or a GPS, so if I want ahead if I you know want to be heading to Washington DC and I'm where I am now you know the pathway becomes clear with the GPS nice and convenient but if you don't know where you are I I can't possibly figure out how I'm going to get to Washington DC same is with your journey now you can kind of you know wing it a lot of people wing it and some are you know moderately successful for sure Um, but others would very much benefit from a process Mm -hmm. and coming from the corporate world. I am all about systems. I'm like a systems geek. I should have been like a computer engineer. Maybe I, maybe that'll be my next, my next life, (laughs) but I love systems. In fact, how I came up with my five stages of healing, which I consider a healing model is I studied other people's models Mm -hmm. and systems before I created my own. Um, And I just think it's helpful for people to know there is a process or a system that you can plug in. Like wherever you are in your recovery, there is a path forward. And there's distinct ideas of of what you can do to advance your recovery and your healing journey and so that is how i use it in fact it yeah it's it, it's it's uh it's one of the most important things in my in my practice and in my life honestly yeah.
0: yeah yeah i know that you embody the stages that you share with people and i greatly appreciate that about you and i'm glad that we got to learn the stages today cuz i can see how it's a system and how you know even asking powerful questions about each of these stages could be helpful for somebody, so um, Joe, what is it that you wanted to offer the listeners?
1: Yeah, so what I haven't mentioned is that I um, I'm a bioenergetic practitioner um, because I found energy work so important in my healing, and I had underestimated that uh, even though I had always gone to a chiropractor. Excuse me. Well, I have done that too, uh, but I meant to say an acupuncturist. Um, so I I. I intuitively had a sense how important energy work was in the Chinese meridians, but I took it a step further and became certified with um, NES bioenergetic health. And um, I just mentioned that briefly because one of my giveaways is to do a free consult uh, around the the energy uh, work. And it's a way of measuring your energy. And you can see um, very quickly um, how well your body is handling, um, the stressors of your life by how well your energy is, uh, flowing through your body, how strong your energy is in the various organs, how well you're receiving energy from your environment, like your food, your water, your movement, your, um, your relationship to the earth and how well your body is healing For me, it was a game changer because the two things that I couldn't turn the corner with for the longest time was brain fog and fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I found energy work to substantially help both of those things. So that is one offering. And then the other is my ever so popular healing guide. Um, I I continue to revise it um, just because as I learn different things, but it is just chock full Um, It's like a mini little booklet at this point. Um, And it's got the Vitality Tracker in it as well. So those are the two things that I I have to offer.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And what would you say is the legacy that you're hoping to leave behind
1: through your work? Um, I guess what I would say my legacy is, is that... um, the the body is always trying to heal itself but our job is to put it in a position to heal better and my legacy is to help educate people on how to do that
0: mm-hmm.
1: so there's no wasted time um so you can begin to feel better nearly immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I said, when you decide you want to feel better, you want to feel better right away. Yes. <laughs> and I think people don't realize that. I mean, I think we all can get get the sense, okay, there was a progression of a disease. But there is also a progression of healing. And what we do or don't do affects the rate of that. It affects how well that uh, is handled, how, how well the body... Um, can rejuvenate itself. And so, like I said, our job is to put ourselves in a position to heal. And there, wherever you are, wherever you are, you could be literally tomorrow starting with stop. And that's okay. Um, stop is a wonderful stage, mm-hmm. but wherever you are, there is a clear path forward. So that is um, a message, mm-hmm. but my legacy is the healing
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. So beautifully said. How can people get in contact with
1: you, Jill? Yeah. So um, my website, uh, (laughs) jillrathburn.com. We made this as simple as possible. Perfect. (laughs) Um, jillrathburn.com. And so my email is jill at jillrathburn.com. And that would be the best way um, to get in touch with me. And before we close out, I just want to um, thank you, Beverly, for the tremendous service that you have been doing for years to, um, well, uh, thousands of uh, women and perhaps men, I'm unclear on that. But um, I, in, in uh, I guess, the almost five years we've been or
0: mm-hmm. in that
1: range, um, I've just been... Um, just blown away with the quality of your work, the consistency, your outreach efforts um and you are always evolving and growing, mm-hmm. and your most recent effort with the holistic um institute and your affiliation with she recovers is just uh is is i couldn't be happier for you, and it's so needed in the marketplace and I, I wish you were there a couple of years ago because I would have. I would have second, <laughs> I've done your program. <laughs> um, I appreciate so, it. But I just thank you, and now with um, I understand you, you know you've tag team with your husband, and he's helping men. And I just think what you have going is is fabulous. And i you're gonna, uh, as they say, and in, in in the card game Hearts, you're gonna shoot the moon because it is so needed. Um, and you care so deeply. And so you put put those two things together. It's a sure bet. Thank
0: you. Thank you for saying that to me. It means so much to me. Um, Absolutely. Just to receive those words um, and for you to say that I care deeply because I really do. I really care. I really want to help other people and lift other people up. And I really feel like we can do it together with all of us. Like, I'm just so happy to have you here because you're talking about something that we don't get to always talk about on this podcast. And so I see your niche. I see the need for the people that you're serving. And I just want to keep encouraging you to stay coarse and to keep moving forward and to keep putting yourself out there because we need everyone to do their thing because there's so many people that need your thing. So
1: thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Right back at you. Yeah. Well, okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for inviting me. Of course. Yes. To share this. Um, and I look forward to the, the LinkedIn audience to, to hear this because, um, you know, one of my key, uh, my accent, I want to accentuate how it's a system, and I think that that will resonate with this audience because we're so used to systems, and it takes the like the woo woo ness out of recovery. Yes, and healing,
0: yeah. you know, and healing, and healing,
1: exactly.
0: right? Right? right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Perfect. you so much for being here with us. I just want to encourage the listeners to reach out to Jill. Um, to work with her either individually or to just be part of her community, to follow her work. Um, She's on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And all of this will be in the show notes for you. Thank you, Jill, for being here.
1: My total pleasure, Beverly. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste.
0: If there's only one thing that you take away from today's episode – It's how you might apply the five stages of healing to the work that you are doing with clients. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. And always remember that you can be purposeful and prosperous when you share a legacy of loving.